Hello, everyone, and it's time for the Game 162 edition of the Baseball Talk Radio Show with the great Gary Mack and Rich Baxter talking all about the world of baseball. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of the Baseball Talk Radio Show. It's Game 162 edition as all the teams around the league will start off in the afternoon today in the final game of the season. I'm Rich Baxter. I'm joined with the great Mr. Gary Mack. How are you, Gary? Hello, Rich. It's great to be back with you again. And yeah, final game of season 162. And Rich, we still got some exciting races that we don't know what's going to happen yet. So uh, we've got a lot of the details already about uh, who's going to be playing who or some, but there's some key details yet and yet to be determined today. Yeah, as we were talking about a little bit before the show, and welcome back, by the way. I'm glad everything's going well for you. Glad you're feeling better. Thank you. Tough to do the show on your own. I did an audio-only show last week, so um, rambled on a little bit about stuff, but it's great to have you back. And, yeah, game 162, hard to believe the season's over. We made it all through uh, a 21 season that was pretty good uh, as far as still being in the COVID situation and that having, you know, its impact on baseball. But we're talking a little bit about the game 162 here, and we could have a little chaos after today's uh, action. We could have a lot of chaos, Rich. We got the uh, in both leagues, uh, the National League, uh, San Francisco, Milwaukee, and Atlanta are in the playoffs. They've clinched playoff spots. Milwaukee and Atlanta have clinched their division. Um, San Francisco, who has the most wins in the division, has not clinched the division yet simply because the Dodgers are hot on their tail. And with uh, San Francisco losing last night and the Dodgers winning, the Dodgers are game behind, so uh, they are one game behind with one left to play. So they technically could tie for the division. So uh, that's going to be, uh, you know, that would be a playoff game there. And then uh, the wild card would be set more or less the loser of that game and the St. Louis Cardinals. So not, you know, National League wild cards, not that, but the what. The interesting thing is the wild card in the American League. There's a possibility of a four-way tie. Uh, the Yankees in Boston are tied for the top, the, technically, the top wild card spot. And then right behind them is Seattle and Toronto are tied for, uh, uh, I guess, the uh, getting in there. Um, but they're only a game behind. So if Seattle and Toronto win and the Boston, the Yankees lose, we would have a four way tie. It's it, a lot of things have to fall right for that to happen. But if you remember a few years ago, remember we had that whole mishmash where there were teams tied all over the place. And we had all these little playoff games going on and stuff. And it was like, really and and 
the only way the one team got in was like four or five teams had to lose or something. I forget what it was, but uh, uh, it happened. And that other team snuck into the playoffs. So you never know. We could have a four-way tie in the AL wildcard. Wouldn't that be interesting? (laughs) That would be great. And I I love when the season comes down to this, all the teams (laughs) starting off around uh, 307, 305 today. So it'll be an even start for all the teams. You won't have a result coming in sooner than another, uh, usually with this. And um, I think it's great that they're starting at the same time this year. And as you said, Gary, there's so many races to be determined out there in uh, San Francisco. They couldn't put it away with a win. The Padres came back and beat them. And yeah. uh and lo and behold, the Padres, rumor is that they'll be firing their manager right after the season. So here they get a decisive win to block the Giants from taking the uh, the title out there. And uh, Jace Tingler apparently uh, hanging by a thread for his job out there in San Diego, according to all sources. Well, you know, Rich, they made a lot of moves and they really built that team up and they were in this race. Uh, I guess it's the, you know, uh, most of the way, but then since the all-star break, the all-star break has killed the number of teams. They've been awful since the all-star break. Uh, the Mets have been awful since the all-star break. The team and these teams were in their division hunt. Uh, then they were definitely a wild card. And then they just fell off the face of the earth, San Diego with that kind of talent. I guess they're, they spent a lot of money. They thought this was going to be year they would get a wild card spot at least, get into the playoffs. And lo and behold, the Giants come out of nowhere and put together a team that it's just been a juggernaut most of the season. The only uh, team they couldn't shake were the Dodgers, and they're still trying to shake the Dodgers. So um, the Padres are not happy out there, and. Uh, you contrast that to uh, Seattle. I don't know if you caught any of that game, but they're going nuts there because they're in a playoff race for the first time in 20 years or so. So um, very interesting last weekend. And as depressing as it has been for us with our teams uh, being eliminated, the uh, this weekend kind of makes doesn't make up for it, but it just uh, instills the, your your love of the game again because this is what it's all about. And uh, if uh, our teams would watch these other teams and maybe learn how to build a team that uh, could actually withstand this 162 game season and play the game the way it's supposed to be played, uh, maybe they'd be in the playoffs. But that's another show, Rich. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, San Diego was, uh, you know, they have all that talent. What talent they have. And yeah. Uh, you know, and on the other hand, Toronto, they're doing a terrific job, even though uh, they weren't really expected to be there this season, I don't think. And they, they're right there fighting for a wild card. So, uh, Good luck to them, and they've got a lot of talent as well. 
Yeah, the uh, Blue Jays are almost like the Padres of the National League. Uh, they have a lot of young players that are, you know, taking over, so to speak, here. Uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr., of course, on that team, and uh, a few others. So, yeah, you got a, a, an interesting comparison between both teams of Padres and um, the Blue Jays. So maybe next year we'll see them with a more solid role getting into the playoffs, perhaps. And, uh, you know, it's made baseball exciting because sometimes as you uh, trans transgress into a new set of superstars, you get new teams involved and uh, makes it a little more fun. Yeah, you're right, Rich. And, and, you know, I was just thinking that uh, what would happen if Boston wins? I'm doing trying to do math in my head. Always a dangerous thing. <laughs> and the Yankees lose, and, and they could, and Seattle and Toronto win, and then it'd be a three-way tie. And how the heck would that pl play off? Let's see. There's an article in MLB about just this thing. Uh, if there was a tie. Yeah. Looking around uh, the opponents for the Yankees, of course, they're playing the race. So it's quite possible that they could lose. Well, that's true. And uh, the Boston Red Sox are playing the lowly national. So you have to give them the, uh, the nod for a possible win this afternoon. And let's see who else is the, uh, the matchup we're looking at the angels and the Mariners are squaring off today. So, uh, you know, you have to look at the Mariners of being the favorite in that game. So yeah, the Yankees of, of the four teams, the Yankees have the toughest road because they're paying, playing Tampa Bay. Right, right. And, uh, the, well, they're home, so that helps. But as you said, Tampa Bay, and, and Tampa Bay would like to eliminate the Yankees or at least make it as tough for them as possible. Uh, they're not resting. I mean, they, they, they went after them full bore this weekend. They, they beat them two games, so uh, two out of three so far. So... You know, they're ready to beat them, but uh, this is a I'm just reading some of this and it, it's just kind of convoluted, Rich. So I don't know if we want to get into it on a four way tie, but oh boy. Yeah, we better let it shake out this afternoon. Then we'll talk about <laughs> it next week. You have to be a trigonometry major to uh, figure this out. Yeah, it my my advice would be go to MLB uh, the site and uh, look for the article. It's uh, uh, explaining AO wildcard tiebreaker scenarios. Team get designated based on winning percentage of games uh, against I don't know who, and uh, and then they get to choose who they play. I guess I, I don't know or A B C D, and then A gets to choose who they wish to play. I. We'll see. We'll find out. Just tell me when and where. And and there is the breakdown of who will be playing once we get the wild card uh, figured out. Yeah. Yeah. St. Louis, of course, running the table 
at the end of the season. I think they won 17 in a row, maybe. I haven't saw yeah. if they won 18 in a row, but they basically barged their way into the playoffs here and uh, may be a suitable uh, opponent for some of these uh, teams that have you know, sort of ran the table themselves in the season. Uh, here, if you're watching a YouTube, just put up the postseason picture as of now. Of course, unofficial because those races haven't been figured out, but Tampa Bay's waiting yeah. to uh, play the winner of a wild card. The White Sox in Houston will face off in the ALDS, and San Francisco's waiting for a wild card. And then it looks like the Braves and the Brewers will uh, get together in an ALDS. So not going to be easy for the Braves. And as we talked about before the show, the Phillies had a chance, three-game series against the Braves. It came up empty, losing all three, fell out of the race for a wild card, or the division, actually, I should say. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's a long season for a lot of teams. Let's talk a little bit about that as we look um, – at some of the records and teams that have lost a hundred games or more being the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, how do you remain, you know, really an Oriole fan when your team loses a hundred games in a season, uh, who else lost a hundred games? It looks like the Texas Rangers lost a hundred games or more this year, the pirates a hundred games or more. So you got three teams there. I wonder how those fans feel. Uh, can't even, <laughs> you know, losing a hundred games is a lot of games to lose. <laughs> well, I, I think they really in in uh, two of the three cities. I'm not sure about Pittsburgh, but they expected. Uh, I think Pittsburgh probably expected it as well. They know they stripped their teams that they're rebuilding. And I think if you're honest with the fans and tell them we're in a rebuilding mode, this is what we're doing. Fans will understand it, it's when it, a rebuild lasts for eight years, you know, or you're, you're close and then you, you keep adding and something doesn't mesh. And, uh, you, you know, like the Mets now, um, the Mets six years ago, we're in a world series and, did they blow up the whole team? No, but they slowly got rid of it. There's not a lot of guys that were on that team or remain now. And they may be few even next year. Who knows? But I, I guess the point is they keep trying to add these pieces, thinking this is the piece and that's the piece. You know, sometimes you have to admit defeat and you have to blow it up and, and start over again. Um, and I think people understand that the fans will understand that as long as you show progress, it's when you keep failing and keep failing, you know, and, and Texas has been a pretty good organization, uh, over the years, they've been in a lot of playoffs. They, they haven't gotten there yet, but, uh, they've been in the playoffs and, and ran into the Yankees in the nineties. If you remember, they seem to be playing the Yankees every year and Baltimore too. They were in there. So Baltimore is a little bit tougher because of the owner and, uh, he's not well liked, uh, 
So that makes it a little bit more difficult. And it's kind of a shame to see Camden Yards, you know, that you never you could never get a ticket for that place. Yeah. And now it's half empty. It's kind of sad to see that, but uh, they're awful. And um, but they have players that people want. So that tells you that there's something going on there, that they have some young players and and hopefully they'll be able to emerge from this in the, in the next few years and at least be a contender and and go from there. You know, um, you were speaking about Atlanta a minute ago and, uh, you know, they're an interesting team because they're a really good team and they're built to win a division. But I don't think they can go much further. I, I don't think they're built to win at all. And um I look at the Giants and the Dodgers and I, I thought and Milwaukee even to some extent. I, I think Milwaukee has a shot. I think they they're built more for uh you know the playoffs and everything, but I don't I, I don't see that when I look at Atlanta and I, I really didn't see it in any of the Eastern Division teams to be honest, even the Mets. Uh, even if the Mets had gotten there, I don't think they would have gotten past the first round or so. Um, but, you know, you never know. A team gets hot. Uh, I didn't think St. Louis was a playoff team, but they put it together the last. So you never know what could happen. But I, I wouldn't guess they would get very far. Uh, I, I would think it would be LA and, and the giants battling it out pretty much the, through the whole playoff. Same thing with Tampa Bay. I think they're built for everything, but we've seen them in the past and how they do it with a low payroll is amazing to me. They must have some brilliant farm system. Um, and I think it, it, it seems to work together because when when you hire some of the guys separately, it does they don't seem to have the same magic. So whatever it is, just seems to work down there. I, I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's amazing, as you said, uh, winning a hundred games this year. And uh, I have some cousins that live in Florida, and I always see them posting about Tampa. They live in the Tampa area, and year after year, I, I just keep seeing the same posts from them. You know, another great season a hundred wins. They even offload some of their best players and bring other ones in and still accomplish the same, the yeah. same win total. So it's, it's amazing what they're doing down there. It's gotta be, you know, people that are making it happen behind the scenes, people that we don't know the names of obviously. Um, but yeah, they, they know how to pick up good baseball players. Um, little Florida news as well. And by the way, I just wanted to add Arizona into that hundred game losing club. I don't think I mentioned them, but they're at 107 losses so far uh, this year, but uh, getting back to Florida news in um, surfacing this week that the Marlins are apparently going to be uh, looking for some good players in the off season. That was from uh, the, uh, GM down there and CEO Derek Jeter has echoed those comments. And he said, quote, for the first time, really, since we've been here as an ownership group, I expect to be pretty active. 
So that's his quote there as far as trying to shore up the Marlins, get some uh, good things happening down there in Florida, Southern Florida. Yeah, um, and they've got a pretty good team. I mean, they're young, and uh, they've drafted well. They've got a good farm system, and I would be concerned about them because they're doing everything. You know, we everybody got on Jeter, and uh, rightfully so, I guess, when he first took over, but we all figured, you know, he don't know what the hell he's doing. <laughs> And I think he's going to have the last laugh on all of us because he's really, uh, you know, built something. They have a very good young pitching staff. Um, They've got some good young players. They need some better players. And I think if they, uh, if they do that, they could be a threat, you know, next year, at least to the Braves and and the Mets and the Phillies. so it'll be interesting this season, this offseason, to watch yeah. what the teams in our division, the Eastern Division, actually do because they it's it's gonna be fascinating to see whether or not, you know, who makes the moves. Miami's ready to move now, you know, the other teams have got to counteract that. And uh or they've got to decide to blow their teams up, like the Nationals, which practically did blow their team up at the trading deadline by trading their big names, and probably was a good move for them. Um, and the Mets did nothing. And I think the Phillies are in a slightly different spot. I don't think they're quite ready to blow it all up yet because uh, they have some young players that they've moved in and I think they just need, they may need another, uh, a little, you know, experience. And, but they have to shore up their bullpen and probably add another top line or, you know, a number three, four starter or so. But um, they've made some moves over the next couple of years, but their window is starting to close. And, and uh, you know, that window doesn't stay open long. I think the window on the Mets is closed as well. You know, who knows? You make some moves nowadays and you could win a division. Look at the Giants, right? That's true. Yeah. As you said, the Phillies, they had a chance to do something this year at the trade deadline. It was like a couple band-aids put on the team. Uh, They did bring in some relievers that made a difference a little bit, but there was 30 some odd blown saves over the season. Now imagine just, a quarter less of those blown saves. They'd be in the playoffs. Yeah. I so know. Yeah. It's a shame. And you could probably look at, you know, individual teams like that all around the league. And uh, it's just that little extra piece of the puzzle that needs to be tweaked sometimes with these teams. And uh, we'll see if it happens for the Phils next year, but it's always next year. So uh, as the years grow on, you know, uh, that distance becomes larger. So you don't yeah. make the playoffs. Yeah. No, I, I said, I think, uh, most of the year that if the, if the Phillies had a bullpen, they would have been in first place by about five, six games, I believe. And, uh, they would have won this division, but you know, 
they they didn't have that piece and and that's what hurt them and and it's hard to get all the pieces together at the same time health is a big thing too you know um you you could be uh, have uh, clicking on all cylinders and then your bullpen is not good and then maybe you 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 get the bullpen in shape and then a starter gets hurt or a key hitter gets hurt and that that knocks you right back again so um you just never know you need the health and you need everything else to be clicking but um it it's going to be a wild uh, sunday rich and i don't know yeah. if you saw this that uh, the dodgers could could be without clayton kershaw throughout these playoffs they pulled him out of the game the other night i think it was friday night uh after just throwing 42 pitches with what the team announced was left forearm discomfort and that's not a good thing for the dodgers going into the playoffs right yeah not at all and uh game 162 will explain it all here uh it's going to be exciting i know football's starting up a lot of people are on the football bandwagon already they their team's out of it let's just jump back into that blown saves category for a second because i brought up a nice uh, stat here on the uh the youtube channel if you're watching you could read along with it and here's the top blown save leaders in the nl colorado with eight all tied up um one guy Mr. Bard, his name is uh, St. Louis, believe it or not, eight blown saves by an individual pitcher. Milwaukee, eight blown saves, Suter. Uh, the Mets, of course, hand, eight blown saves. So those are your top four pitchers uh, of the season here as we go into game 162 that have blown eight games for their team that's a lot a lot and then you have here hector naris with seven from the philly so i'm well aware of his uh potential to blow a game so and then we see edwin diaz the mets who's blown six and and i gotta tell you it seems like he's blown a lot more <laughs> than just six <laughs> yeah but there you go. Uh, just taking the Mets there. And you've got the uh, hand with eight. Uh, uh, and, you know, I don't remember hand coming in that later games, but Diaz is the closer. So I can, you can understand this, the six. Um, so there's 14 and then familiar six. That's 20 games. 20 games, Rich. And if you look at this chart, as you just said, 20 games for the Mets, here's the only guy that you're going to see in the top 15 of blown saves for the Phillies. So that's going to tell you one thing. The Phillies have spread out blown saves amongst the rest of the bull, bullpen. Right. And those guys weren't your closers, quote unquote, but they got blown up just the same, you know. But uh, that's amazing, uh, you know, that teams can blow this many games. And uh, these are wins you're supposed to count on almost, you know, shut the door on the mm -hmm. team. You're up on, you know, you're up on the lead. 
in a game. Um, it's a shame. Well, and, and, you know, looking this way too, it, if you just took half of those games back, and I'll use the Mets as an example, 20 games, they blew those three pitches, just those three, you know, there's more, but just those three, 20 games, had they blown only 10 games, that's 10 more wins. Yeah. They would have been tied right now for the division lead. So you can, you know, it's an interesting uh, stat right there. And the Phillies would be a game out if, uh, you look at Neris, and he he blew four. Uh, what? Oh, seven. Seven. Yeah. So they'd still be. Uh, they'd be right there. So it it it's an interesting game, and yet uh, you know you look at a guy like Diaz, and he's got the thirty two saves. Yeah. So I, <laughs> you know. Double-edged sword, I, I, I think they call it. Yeah, yeah, it really is. So, but well, it's an interesting stat. <laughs> there's our look at, you know, why our teams didn't do well. If you listen to the show, you know who they are. Of course, Gary does his Mets Musings podcast, and I do my Phillies talk. I had a nice rant on my last uh, Phillies talk podcast. I was uh, solo. For that one and i really let it loose at management so if you get a chance go over to philly's talk podcast with rich baxter you can listen to that but gary as i do each week here or try to do each week is uh share some of the stats with our listeners and uh this week is no exception here we got um, our listeners 87 percent out of the u.s uh, 7% from United Kingdom. That's awesome. Thank you very much yeah. for uh, tuning in. And then we have a smattering of uh, other countries here. Mexico, Canada, Russia has made it up on the, on the board. Ire- <laughs> Ireland, Ecuador, and Japan. So maybe some expatriates living out there tuning in to the podcast. Uh Yeah. And listening platforms, Apple Podcasts, 69%. We've got the Amazon crew out there at 6%. Overcast at 3%. Google Podcasts have crept up. I don't think we've had a high number like that from Google Podcasts, 3%. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't think so. And then 19% have listened from other, you know, listening platforms. Jump over to devices. iPhone, 63%. It's always a great place to uh, listen to your podcasts. Uh, Android users, 8%. And smart speaker, that, that number's growing bigger and bigger. Yeah. Every, every couple of weeks we do the show, it's 7% now. And I'm surprised at this. The web, only 2% listen from the web um, to the podcast here. So, uh, Yeah, I think the iPhone's the big thing. I mean, the phone, uh, you know, in general uh you get 71 percent there if you combine the iphone and the android phone so yeah i think that's the, the people use their phones a lot more now rich yeah yeah they're, they're they replace some computer devices at home they you know people don't need a a big pc at home or a mac anymore they have one in their hand 
walking right. around with it. Right. right. Breakdown on our uh, male listeners, 81% female, 19. Thank you, ladies out there for listening. Mm. And we have a nice little progressive chart here on our listeners based upon age, which, um, you know, ebbs and flows over the season. So goes uh, up and down. Yeah. Source here is Spotify for those two uh, categories. And thank you, Spotify. And of course, Anchor Podcast is where you can find the home of this show, anchor.fm forward slash baseball talk radio show is where you find us. And there you can also support the show. There's a support button in the center here um, that you can click on and you can go from 99 cents a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. If you want to go for, you know, a Starbucks cup of coffee, you'd be at $4.99 a month. And that at our $9.99 per month level for uh, sponsorship out there, we would mention either your business, if you have a business out there, or if you're a super supporter listener, we would mention you on the show each show. And uh, Gary, I just got one for Philly's Talk podcast not too long ago, so I was excited at that, but. We're still waiting for our baseball talk radio listeners to jump on board on this. And uh, yeah. it's going to help us a little bit, guys. Yeah, and it'll happen. It just takes a little bit of time. I think people are getting back into the groove of things and, uh, you know, uh, doing that. And also, let me remind you, and if you're watching on YouTube especially, don't forget to uh, hit that uh, subscribe button and subscribe to uh, the show so you know when each new edition of the Baseball Talk Radio Show comes out. And uh, hit the like button, too. It, it uh, helps us with the YouTube uh, analytics and whatever you want to call it there that they, uh, they do. So go check that out as well. And uh, uh hit that like button and hit that subscribe button. That's the big thing. So um, it helps us to grow the show and uh, adds on to the community. And don't forget the Facebook page, facebook.com slash baseball talk radio show. And uh, Rich mentioned, if you want to give us some support through uh, anchor, but we also have a Patreon page. If you'd like to do it that way, maybe you've done, other shows or other things through Patreon and uh, feel comfortable with that. We may not feel comfortable with anchor. You can go to Patreon, patreon.com slash baseball talk and support the show that way. So, uh, you know, uh, we could use your help and uh, any help that, that you give would be greatly appreciated. Absolutely. And you can contact us individually. We take uh, Cash App and Venmo. So <laughs> uh, you can email Gary at Gary at baseballtalkradio.com, Rich at baseballtalkradio.com to set that up. And uh, we'd appreciate it very much because we want to keep bringing you this content. And uh, it's not free, folks. It's not free. So uh, we, we try to want to raise the bar and establish a, a nice community of supporters, which a lot of other podcasts have in different sports genres and uh, different 
every other genre you could think of, they have supporters in their podcast. So uh, we appreciate it. And Rich, I think before we uh, go, we have a sad story here. Uh, did you hear about that woman and her child that fell from the the uh, about six stories at Petco Park, the home of the San Diego Padres, the other day? Uh, yes. Really a sad story. And yeah, it was on the it was on the show last week, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, now they've released some names and some witnesses accounts and uh it's really uh it's a head scratcher in a way uh raquel wilkins 40 and denzel browning wilkins too fell from the dining concession area on a concourse level you went over that last week um but here's the, the, uh, the what they've come out with now. She announced on Facebook, the woman, earlier that day, that she was engaged and that the fiancé was at them at the game. And witnesses said she started jumping on the bench in a table closest to the railing, holding the baby in the arms, the witness said, and she seemed happy and laughing. She lost her balance and fell off the bench Landing on a concourse, the witness says, remarking to her son that the woman and the baby had almost tumbled over the railings. And here's the weird part. About 30 seconds to a minute later, the woman again jumped onto the bench of the picnic table with her son. According to the witness, who said she commented that she couldn't believe the woman had stood back on a bench after falling. She again the woman on the table again lost her balance and then this time fell over the edge and over the railing and i'm I, why would you jump up on a picnic table near a railing that falls six feet down yeah yeah it does. i mean six stories down yeah it doesn't make sense at all um unless you know, there was an attempt to uh, to do that, of course. You never know what's going through people's minds. Um, and it did appear to be suspicious, of course, that activity. You know, you have an adult holding a child that's, you know, jumping up on a um, something that, you know, you could topple over and fall. Just that's not normal, <laughs> just to say. Um, no. And uh, what a shame. But, you know, last week's show, I did talk a little bit about like some of the stadiums around the country. They're making them smaller, which is more intimate for the fans. But as you go higher, they get more pitched. Um, the levels of the stands get more uh, angled towards the ground, of course. And, you know, at least in Philadelphia, you could you could probably lose your balance and topple over inside the stadium on certain areas of that, that stadium. I was very uncomfortable sitting up high, but this is another matter. This is something that, you know, this woman took on to her own self, uh, jumping onto a bench, holding right. a child, stupid, but you know, I've been out to the grand Canyon and I've seen people like dangling over the side 
walls of Grand Canyon, you know, one little misstep or something happens to you, you get a Charlie horse or something, you're going to go down into the ravine. So, you know, people do some dumb things as well. It truly is. People do stupid things and, and some of them uh, uh, live to brag about it, I guess. And some of them don't make it, but uh, just a, just a shame. And why do they have picnic tables that close to a railing then? You know, I mean, I will, I would, would imagine that they'll be moving that uh, picnic tables uh, away from that railing or, or, you know what, put up a net then like they had to do for the foul balls, uh, uh, put up, I, you know, they're going to have to put us in like a cage. I think when you go into a ballpark, you used to be able to see everything. And now I think they're going to have to put uh, uh, netting all over the place. Yeah. It just, just seems so, so silly, um, you know, for that to, to take place, but. I agree. Yeah. Your bench movement would be a step in the right direction, I guess, you know, you, try to make uh, places for people to sit down and eat and enjoy a snack as you go to the ballpark and stuff. You, you know, you don't anticipate these kind of things happening and uh, just a tragedy all around. Hate to see and hear things like this. It's just something that shouldn't happen. And uh, what a shame, but um, that's life. And, uh, and yeah, some things happen. Can't can't explain them. Yep. Can't explain them. Can't control them. Right, Rich? Yeah. Well, we thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Baseball Talk Radio Show, the Game 162 edition. We're heading into the playoffs off to, after today, and we got a couple hours to go before it all starts. And I'll be tuning in to baseball, football, my clicker will be uh, working overtime today, Gary. <laughs> yeah, yes, it will, Rich. You'll be going back and forth, and uh, I'll be doing the same. But uh, we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out. It's going to be interesting. Yes, indeed. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week on the Baseball Talk Radio Show.